Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Sunday slate of football. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, everybody, welcome into another hour of the Pro Football Blitz here from VSIN, the sports betting network. We've made it to the final four. Mike Pritchard, he's the former NFL wide receiver. I'm Ben Wilson, Dan Miller, our producer behind the glass. We have the matchup set, we have the lines out for both the games Eagles 49ers. If you, did, if you missed it, that line opens Eagles minus one and a half quickly. They'll bet up towards Philadelphia's way, Mike, as high as a draft king just went to two and a half on Philadelphia. It's two basically everywhere. So you and I are just our early, just quick trigger reactions, both liking San Francisco in the spot. Uh, we'll see what, uh, what John McMullen has to say, though. He's yeah, Eagles absolutely. insider, because I know we want to get his perspective yeah. on it as well. But Obviously limits, too, right now. Right, right very low play. limits so, to, yeah. to start things out. Well, Mike Pritchard, savvy better, who, uh, who you won a few bets this week. You had a I teaser, did. you had a, the under in the mm-hmm. Niners-Cowboy uh, game. Very nice week yes, for you, props. Pritch. Did well, did well. He's always very modest, Mike Pritchard. <laughs> Just like when he was a player. Now, now he's a better, does the same thing. Okay, let's welcome John McMullen. Uh, who joins us now, Eagles Insider. You find him at a bunch of different outlets on the East Coast. Give him a follow as well at J.F. McMullen. Thank you so much, John, for joining us. Line just comes out. It's Philadelphia hosting San Francisco now, and, and the Eagles are a short home favorite. What do you make of the matchup? Um, I, I think it's the two best teams, so I think we're where we should be. Uh, you know, I, I picked San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl before the season. So full disclosure, I didn't know they'd be down to their third string quarterback. So uh, kind of an amazing run by Brock Purdy. I got to tell you guys, I, I don't like veteran quarterbacks coming into Philadelphia in, in January. I mean, it is a difficult place to play. 
and it's going to be interesting to see how how Brock her, uh, Purdy is able to handle it. I, I kind of I, I was scratching my head watching the the Cowboys and you know Dan Quinn is such a, a a great defensive coordinator. They were just slanting them to death in the second half, and a, you know clearly you got to make this kid throw the football outside the numbers. I, mm-hmm. I think Darius Slay and James Bradbury are smart enough and savvy enough to realize that two of the best cornerbacks in football. I think it's a tough matchup for the 49ers. But I will say this, from 2 to 53, I think the 49ers are the best team in football. John, I will totally agree with you on that. I think they do have the best roster. Uh, and this game's going to be very, very interesting. Um, the environment, the stage, you wonder – uh, Jalen, you know, playing high-profile football in college, obviously we know that, uh, and, and then now on the stage in the National Football League. Uh, but my question to you, John, is about Sirianni as a head coach. He's, he, he, runs, he runs red sometimes. He runs hot, right? Uh, very emotional. But then Shane Steichen um, as an offense coordinator, uh, again, and on the other side, defense coordinator. Are, are those guys uh, ready for this stage as well? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they've done a, a tremendous job. You see, uh, the second straight year, Jonathan Gannon's getting significant interest around the league to be a head coach. Now Shane's got three interviews as well. I, I think the smartest thing, and this is rare um, when you see young coaches giving up play calling, uh, I think was a very smart decision for Nick Sirianni. He did that before the Chargers game last season. The Eagles' record since that day has been unbelievable. I think Shane Steichen does a great job as a play caller, but part of it is, and you see it today with, you know, you've seen it in the playoffs with Mike McDaniels. You saw it with Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. You see it um, with Kyle Shanahan, who is the best play caller in the NFL, but he gets bogged down with game management decisions. I see it all over the NFL. Uh, and the Eagles are, are really good with situational football, and I think that was about Nick Sirianni stepping back, realizing, you know what, this is too big of a job on game day. I got a great play caller who, who I can use, and it's still his offense, and he does what Nick wants, and everything is kind of taken off for the Eagles. And they wipe out the Giants, 38-7. <laughs> That was that giant, that popular, uh, trendy underdog everybody loved after how good they looked against Minnesota in the wild card round. This is, as we all know, I mean, doesn't you know, need, don't, doesn't need to be a rocket scientist uh, for any of us to say it's a step up in class when you go from the Giants now to San Francisco. The, the matchup I'm interested in is the Philadelphia run defense. How does that look against such a multidimensional San Francisco rush attack where Philadelphia finishes the year 23rd in rush defense on an EPA per play basis? but shut down a, a strong Giants run game for the most part, didn't really allow the Giants to get into a flow at all with their own running game. How do you see that specific matchup playing out? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the, the biggest uh, difficulty for the Eagles trying to deal with that, that 49ers running game because, as you point out, it's, it's probably not only you know, one of the best, it's also one of the most inventive in the fact they utilize you know, Christian McCaffrey so many different ways, Debo Samuel. They're so versatile. Now Mitch is back. Um, and, and the Eagles run the Vic, Vic Fangio sort of scheme that so many teams in this league run, about 12 or 13 at last count. Uh, but they do it well. And, 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 and the whole philosophy is to limit explosive plays. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the way you should attack the 49ers. So 
you know, they're willing to give up seven, eight-yard running plays on occasion as long as you can play light boxes and, and limit those explosive plays. I, I think you got to change that up against the 49ers. Now, what's kind of built into the scheme is those variable fronts. So the Eagles play five-man fronts or four-man fronts, and they have Lindball Joseph and Jordan Davis. They might have to use more of those five-man fronts to deal with the running game. And force, as I mentioned, Brock Purdy, when they do throw it, make him throw it outside the numbers. People are making it too easy for him. I'm surprised people haven't figured that out. I uh, I keep watching San Francisco, and I keep waiting for people to you know, I'm not giving them that quick plant over the middle mm-hmm. to George Kittle. Uh, but they keep letting them do it. <laughs> You know, John, I mean, this uh, stage of the playoffs, too, becomes about matchups. And I think A.J. Brown could, and Dallas Goddard, for that, for instance, it could be great matchups for the Eagles. Uh, how do the Eagles implement that, though, into their offense? Like, do they have to force um, situations in which A.J. Brown can become a matchup? Because it looked like uh, against the Giants that he was upset with something. Uh, maybe he wasn't featured or maybe he didn't get the ball enough. Uh, I was just curious on your thoughts in terms of moving forward with A.J. Brown that way. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, A.J.'s an, an interesting guy. He really isn't, you know, as, as talented as he is. He really isn't sort of the, the typical diva-like uh, receiver we all think. At least he hasn't been to this point. Um, the Eagles do have, uh, you know, a multitude of weapons, as you mentioned, with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. But they were running the football. They've done this yeah. before, and this is what Shane does well. They ran for 268. So what Shane Steichen's really good at is if you let him in on a weakness and you're not doing anything, he's gonna he's just going to keep pounding it. So if you can't stop the run, he's going to run it, run it, run it. And if you're 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 having difficulties, you you maybe load the box, and you know you want to test yourself against AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. They've run, they've thrown for 300, 50, 400 yard games. So uh, they can do whatever it takes, and that's why I say, you know, people always ask, is this a run first offense? Is this a pass first offense? I've been saying it all year. It's a Jalen Hurts first offense, and he's such a unique player. Just the threat of him pulling the football in those zone read mechanics, first of all, it makes it so difficult for the opposing defense. And then you talk about the offensive line. I I think the most interesting matchup is going to be Nick Bosa against the Eagles tackles. The Eagles do not help their tackles. Lane Johnson's on an island. Jordan Mylotta's on an island. And that makes it so much easier for the offense when you never have to help those guys. That, to me, is going to be the most interesting matchup in this game. And John McMullen joining us, Eagles insider right now on the Pro Football Blitz. You bring up Lane Johnson, who was clearly hobbled, playing less than 100% is, is the right tackle. He took a shot, had to leave the game pretty early, still tried to fight his way through. What's the backup plan if, if Johnson, again, continues to look less than 100%, considering that those tackles are generally left on an island? Yeah, he is, and, and, and they'll go to Jack Triscoll as a, a good backup, but obviously he's probably the best right tackle in football. Nick Sirianni calls him the best tackle in the world. Um, you know, it, it's obviously a downgrade. But he played He, he played most of that game. He was in, in pass pro uh, 26 times and didn't give up a pressure. Hasn't given up a sack in over a year. 
Um, it, it, it's ridiculous. So Lane Johnson at 80, 85% um, is better than most tackles. And remember, he's he's playing Kayvon Thibodeau. He's playing he's Ojolari. Those guys probably aren't ready, but they're talented. Uh, and he didn't give him a sniff of, of Jalen Hurts, even when he was injured. Now, again, that, that gets amped up against San Francisco because Nick Bosa might be the best pass rusher in football. So it, it's more of a concern, and, and it's it's a torn adductor muscle. So it's a muscle in his groin. Guys have played with it before. Cam Jordan's played with it. Wayne's about the toughest guy you're ever going to see. He's going to try to play through it. Um, I don't doubt him. I will say that. It'll be a fascinating matchup to watch in so many different ways and a lot of variables going on next Sunday uh, at, at the link. John McMullen, you can follow at JF McMullen. Kind enough to give us some time on the Pro Football Blitz. John, enjoy this week. I'm sure it's going to be a whirlwind for everybody covering both teams, Eagles and 49ers. Uh, thanks, as always, for the, for the time. We appreciate the insight. All right. Thank you, guys. Again, now that opening line, Eagles minus one and a half, but quickly bet up to two. DraftKings is right now the high watermark in the entire country market, Mike. Two and a half. I, 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 it's going to be really, again, we've had each week of the playoffs, there's been that obvious teaser or parlay. Mm-hmm. A 49ers-Bengals tease. Like, it, it feels so obvious, Mike. Tease the short dogs up. We'll have to continue to discuss. Yes, I mean, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Mike's, I know it's a lot of gears in Mike's head. Like, a lot how going on up here. How are we betting the 49ers? How are we doing it? Uh, but thanks to John. Tremendous insights from him. We also have to close the book, though, on the four losers from Division of Weekend. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys next. What is next for the Cowboys in 2023? Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's been a whirlwind of a NFL <laughs> divisional round week. Mike Pritchard and I back on the Pro, Pro Football Blitz, and Mike, we're just realizing, I mean, this was a, there was a lot going on. It was a successful betting weekend, though. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think we all felt like, I mean, you, you, you said it, we were together on the Lombardi line early in the week where you, you said Buffalo was a wrong route for you. There was a lot of things that were concerning about them to you, even as a six-point favorite. End of the day, it feels like the four, I would say the four best teams are in the final four, and, and you know, Buffalo is just not one of them. But uh, the results did hold true to what we, we really felt we saw and, and how we power-rated the whole season, right? Yeah, I mean – one of the things I, I thought Buffalo had a chance to win the game or would win the game because I had them going to the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm biased that way because uh, my um, prediction in, the, in our NFL betting guide was 49ers and Buffalo. Um, you got close. But I got close. But the thing about Buffalo, and, and we did identify this on the Lombardi line, a wrong route, right route, uh, is just the Josh Allen effect or, or lack thereof, right? Uh, when you are settling on him staying in the pocket and trying to be a pocket passer, you're suggesting that, okay, he's that fantastic as a pocket passer. Right. Which, with that arm, how can you deny him that? But he gets himself in trouble with that arm, with that strength, uh, with the lack of accuracy at times. Where Josh Allen becomes an MVP type of quarterback is with his legs. Uh, and for whatever reason, Ken Dorsey or the Buffalo Bills or even Josh Allen himself took that away from their offense, and therefore they became vulnerable. Without Von Miller, without a pass rush, okay, yeah, you have White back, but your safeties uh, are, are banged up, and uh, we know the story with Buffalo, too, through a ton of adversity this year. And here comes Cincinnati, and here comes Cincinnati catching a lot of points. Right. So that was something I think as a better you had to do. Um, 
but Cincinnati's on a roll, just like they did last year. It's a young team, a young core. Uh, they were able to run the football, which if you think about Cincinnati, they're just ahead of where you should be as a balanced team. 60-40 is balanced on offense. Cincinnati's at 62-48. Um, excuse me, 62-38. Late. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Math you is know hard. I mean. We've yeah. a lot of numbers. Yeah, yeah. Right. a lot of numbers. 62-38. But today, look at their uh, play selection, though. They were bal- more balanced, more closer to balance, uh, and that kept Buffalo off, off balance defensively. So if Cincinnati can run the ball moving forward to establish themselves offensively and therefore make things easier passing the ball mm-hmm. for Burrow, who is a cool customer, he really is, uh, that game against Kansas City is, is very, very interesting, obviously with Patrick Mahomes right. uh, and that injury as well. Yeah, Bengals 49ers moving on today. But as part of our show, though, we'll start with the, with the Buffalo mm-hmm. piece of this, get into Dallas in our next segment. You also have to figure for, for the teams that made it to the final eight but who went down this weekend, what is next for each of those respective franchises? A lot of different mm-hmm. questions you have to ask. For Buffalo, the first preseason favorite to – preseason Super Bowl favorite – to fail to even make the conference championship game since 2015. Buffalo came out guns blazing in week one, destroyed the L.A. Rams on the road. They destroyed the Tennessee Titans at home on Monday Night Football in week two, and and it looked like the obvious, even if there was a midseason blip or swoon, like the obvious team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Mike, as we do the postmortem on Buffalo and try to figure out what's next and what the expectations will be in 2023, where do you think, like outside of the Von Miller injury, right. because that was certainly a, a seminal moment for the defense, what's the, what was the biggest factor to you for that, that overall second-half slide on Buffalo? Well, I mean, injuries came into play, um, but I, I think overall, and it was my concern coming into the season this year from last year, uh, is Buffalo, they have to design themselves to be a physical team. Um, the offensive line really started to falter down the stretch. Uh, I think the lack of physicality from a rushing attack when your quarterback is your second leading rusher, you know, that's not a good thing. They they drafted Cook. Uh, they have Singletary. I know uh, Josh Allen is dynamic that way, uh, and he was your second leading rusher. They they have to be more physical. You know, the three wide receiver sets, that can go a, a, a long way. Uh, but Buffalo knows about the three wide receiver sets. You know, the K-gun, right? They know about that. But they had Thurman Thomas back then, uh, and but yet – for whatever reason, that physical, physical football team hasn't shown up for Buffalo. And I wonder if McDermott is a guy to bring that out. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Defensively, the same thing. I mean, without Von Miller, you're not getting a pass rush. And they're going to lose some key free agents uh, or not lose them. They, they are free agents. Jo- yeah. Jordan Poyer, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you think about Singletary, too, on that side of the ball. Jordan Phillips, the defensive yeah. tackle. He's going to be uh, Shaq Lawson. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to retool, but they're going to have to retool uh, without Dable and a pretty good brain trust that I thought they had in place up there in Buffalo that, as well. That, that was the biggest thing to me was was going from Brian Dable as an offensive coordinator to Ken Dorsey. While any of those issues were masked against the poor opponents they faced th- throughout the majority of the year, put up gaudy numbers. The final stats look really, really good for Buffalo. Now, heading into the playoffs, to me, they were the number three overall power-rated team. The numbers right. were still really good, but in the big moments when it mattered, you got the feeling that Buffalo got away from that, the identity you talk about, got away from being the physical, run-first-oriented type team. How does that represent and reflect on the coaching staff going forward? That is, is the, now the obvious question we turn to on Buffalo. If you were on social media today during the game, a lot of, a lot of people saying, all right, th- this coaching staff has to, has to see some change now yeah. with how disappointing of a finish this was 
getting bounced and blown out at home in the divisional round when you were the Super Bowl favorites. I, how does the co- how should the coaching staff uh, turn out? Ken Dorsey was just interviewed by the Panthers right. for the head coaching job yesterday. What's the solution if you're Sean McDermott? And like, how much of a shuffle should take place there in Buffalo coaching-wise? Well, I'm actually sh- shocked that they didn't get more creative. I mean, Ken Dorsey um, and, and the combination of Josh Allen, too, because this far along in your career as a quarterback, this is your offense, too. I mean, you're going up to Ken Dorsey, and you're telling him what you want to run. Uh, so I, I think part of this could be Josh Allen saying, hey, I want to stay in the pocket. I want to throw the football. Uh, but, I mean, my goodness, <laughs> you need to tuck it and run it, or we need some design running plays. I, I think there's enough creativity there to have that. Um, but whether or not Buffalo is disciplined enough. I, you, Joe Shane, uh, he's a GM now with the, mm-hmm. the Giants. He was up there uh, in That's Buffalo. Right. Another big loss from last year. So, yeah, so now you have a different GM. I think it's Bean. Um, so whether or not they're able to rebuild or, or construct this team the right way, but they need to be physical, and I think they need to get back to Josh Allen being a dynamic player, though. 23 turnovers oh. combined this year for yeah. Josh Allen. That is the most of a, any single quarterback mm-hmm. in a single season over the last three seasons. And as much as the, the natural progression, it, it looked like Buffalo, it was you know, a steady path forward, get to the AFC Championship game, or you get to the FC, the division round, you get to, you know, you lose the game to Kansas City in heartbreaking fashion last year. Everything was on the table for Buffalo to make that leap, get to the top, assert themselves as, as the team to beat in the AFC. It's another year where they're not to that level. This is, this to me is, is a seminal offseason in Josh Allen's career. Mm-hmm. A guy who let them down with a lot of shaky plays in the red zone, in, in tight games, making bad decisions, both uh, for the most part. Uh, with throwing the ball and, and throwing balls up for grabs. This, this will be an offseason that determines a lot for Josh Allen going forward. A guy I think you and I both believe to be a top five quarterback in the league, but yeah. he's, he's, not, he's not number one yet. He's not there. I think we were a little too quick to say, okay, this, this guy, this team is the elite level team to beat for years to come. He's, he's got a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. Well, well if, if he plays like he typically plays, I mean, I think that's the recipe for them, right? Uh, but – they can't, they can't stick with it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of the trades that they were rumored in, uh, they were trying to go after Christian McCaffrey. Like, obvious reasons. You know, you have, a, you have a true halfback. You can throw the ball to him out of the backfield. You can do certain things. Um, you know, that didn't work out. Obviously, Christian goes to San Francisco. But each and every week, right around the trade deadline, Buffalo was rumored for some playmaker out the backfield, that kind of thing. They had to add Cole Beasley. Uh, late in the year, too, to kind of help out. So uh, Buffalo, they they feel like they, they – at least they feel like to me that they want to stick with this multiple three-wide receiver set. But you got to be multiple with formations, too, two tight ends, two running backs, and stuff like that, uh, in addition to Josh Allen. If you want to be uh, a, a drop back or a pocket uh, playing offense with your quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be different and creative, then – you need to involve your quarterback like they did earlier on in his career, but they got away from that. And I think that hurt him. Thinking about the, the needs for Buffalo going in, and remember, they were rumored to be in the Odell Beckham. That's right. Sweepstakes that never materialized for add. anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, offensive line, mm-hmm. oh, wide yeah, receiver, sure. secondary. Mm-hmm. Three, to be three biggest issues for Buffalo, and the lack of depth was really glaring in that secondary. Even when, when Travis White came back off the PUP list, we assumed it would be a big boost to the Buffalo secondary. Instead, they, they went backwards yeah. statistically down the, down the stretch. And 
you know, hopefully for you would think for White, full season rehab, off season, we'll get him back to the player he was. But he, he did not look close to the uh, the Pro Bowl level guy he yeah. was in seasons past. I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be a sought after linebacker too in free agency. Mm. He's six four and can yeah. run. I mean, guys, sideline and sideline is oh. incredible. Tough off season though for yeah. the Buffalo Bills as they they falter and get blown out against the Cincinnati Bengals. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Will Mike McCarthy be the coach in 2023? How many free agents will be retained? We'll discuss those topics next on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That is VSIN dot com slash subscribe and then there were four mike pritchard then there were four he's mike pritchard the former nfl wide receiver i'm ben wilson big thanks to dan miller our producer behind the glass as well as dakota martin our technical director everybody else helping out behind the scenes here at our circus sportsbook studios as we continue on the the post-mortem autopsy report mike on the four losers for this divisional round we'll continue that here the rest of this hour then get into our full uh, game previews and uh, and full thoughts on the two conference championship game game matchups as we wrap up the show in our next hour. But for the Dallas Cowboys, who go down today 19-12 to San Francisco, it, it was a a very impressive showing in one sense for a team that played tooth and nail and, and matched up really well physically and personnel-wise to who I believe is the best team overall, top to bottom in the NFL and the San Francisco 49ers. Yet at the end of the day, two really bad interceptions by quarterback Dak Prescott, some head-scratching in-game management from head coach Mike McCarthy, and it's another season that comes to an end at the divisional round. 0-7 Dallas now is in the divisional round since 1995. And you now ask, uh, what, what is next for a Dallas team that looked great personnel-wise but continues to struggle winning the big game? Critical penalties, too. That, is uh, that helped the yeah. 49ers score that touchdown. 49ers scored one touchdown, right? They did, yep. one. So Uno, four field goals um, for the Niners. Yeah, so. I mean, let's go back to last year, 2021. The Cowboys allowed 21 points a game. Uh, as a defense, they improved on that this year. Um, were they number one? I think they were number one. I want to say they were number one. Let me see. Uh, no, they were not number one. They were in the top five, though. Instead of the top ten, they allowed 20 points a game this year. It's still improvement. Last year, they averaged 31 points a game, number one scoring offense. Uh, this year, they averaged 27 uh, points a game, fourth, mm. top five. Couldn't get to a Super Bowl. Um I don't know what you do differently if you're Dallas to get over this hump that's preventing them going to a Super Bowl. And the hump is the lack of discipline, the penalties. Um, maybe you thought you can get away with the holding calls on defense. Maybe you thought so, but you couldn't. Um, the d play by Dakota, uh, the critical <laughs> interceptions that, that's going, to, uh, you know, allowing 49ers to score points in that ball game. More importantly, limiting your possessions, though. Um, and then game management. I mean, I, I don't know how Dallas overcomes all that by improving their personnel if they can. They're going to lose a ton of free agents, um, perhaps. Maybe Jerry signs them back. 
I think their offense is going to be a little bit different. Pollard going down didn't help today. Uh, but I don't know where the Dallas Cowboys can go with McCartney still as a head coach that's going to make them get over the hump that is mm-hmm. growing and growing in size each and every year. The tough part when you start talking, okay, coaching potential changes, especially for a head coach when you make a divisional run, it's like do you do you bank in enough goodwill if you're Mike McCarthy as a head coach? I, knowing Jerry Jones as, a, as an owner, GM, guy who runs the show in Dallas, hard for me to believe he fires McCarthy, but <laughs> didn't today kind of show that there's there's a ceiling there when you uh, when you have an undisciplined uh, an undisciplined roster a coach who struggles with in-game decisions you you could not have a personnel that's any better as you just laid out and yet they still come up short is that enough though for Jerry Jones to say you know what I'm I'm going to put the hat in the ring for the Sean Payton sweepstakes as head coach and I'm, I'm willing to do that or does he stay loyal to his guy it's hard for me to see a scenario where Jones actually pulls the plug on McCarthy uh, e- even though the shortcomings were pretty glaring today. Yeah. I mean, as a player, as a card-carrying member of the National Football <laughs> League yeah. right now, NFLPA, but anyway, um, I-, I think you can't be afraid to upgrade. Like, if you are in the business of chasing championships, you can't be afraid to upgrade. If there's a coach out there that is an upgrade over McCarthy, you got to do it. You can't stay loyal and say, oh, this is my guy, right? You can't do that. I mean, you won't do that with your quarterback. If you can upgrade your quarterback, you won't do that. With an edge rusher, if you can upgrade that situation, right, as a player. So um, I, I look at it that way. If you, were, if you are in the business of winning championships, then you can't be afraid to upgrade. And I think that's what the Dallas Cowboys need, to be honest with you. They're not going to be any different if they stay the course. Um, it gets very interesting from, in that regard, too, because I think what you say what you will about, you know, the Cowboys and, and the personnel and everything, but – What's holding them back, you know? And uh, can Dak get to another level? Can Dakota become Dak uh, again and get to another level at quarterback? You mm-hmm. know, and there's a, there's there should be some critical decisions being made. I, I think with Dallas, especially if you factor in the division, mm-hmm. that too. Philadelphia very well may be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. They're favored against San Francisco opening the week and you for the know, NFC Championship. And you know how he's not going to stop with that roster. Oh, and, and that personnel of Philadelphia right. is, is top-notch right now in the league. New York with Brian Dable, who does a tremendous job as a first-year head coach, completely turns that franchise around. It's such a competitive division. You have to find as many edges as you can. And you have a quarterback in Dak Prescott who just led the NFL in interceptions. So I get why logically bringing in a guy like Sean Payton, even though it's going to it's going to cost a ransom to to acquire Payton, still under still has that contract technically with the New Orleans Saints. So it, it look it makes sense logistically, and it's not like money has ever been an issue for Jerry Jones in Dallas. <laughs> I, I so I completely agree with you in that sense. Uh-huh. But how much will will be kind of shifted onto at least some of the blame here into the offseason for Dallas? How much of that will get shifted onto Prescott, who was really erratic? And could have covered for his coach in a lot of scenarios had uh, had he just made it or not made a couple of the ill-advised decisions he did. Yeah, no, he he has to play better. I mean, that's the bottom line for Dakota. I mean, he has to play better. Uh, there's no escaping that. But because so, you know the discussion about the Cowboys is going to be about how much it's going to cost for Sean Payton. Uh, and your point about the Giants and that salary cap and what they have and Joe Shane there now too and Dable. I mean, I, I think they could reload quickly. Uh, with the personnel out there in New York, but uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna pay for you know a guy like uh, Sean Payton, or do you have to re-sign free agents like Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard? It's gonna cost you money. You're already paying Zeke Elliott, mm-hmm. uh, Leighton Vanderesh. You're gonna have to pay him. 
Um, Anthony Brown, corner, Cooper Rush. I don't know what you want to do there, backup quarterback. Um, Dante Fowler, you know, there's some key players there for Dallas that are going to be free agents. And you, typically you can't pay everybody, right? Uh, so what's going to be more expensive, trying to go get a guy who can upgrade your entire team as a head coach or trying to overpay for potential free agents that might want to hit the market and see mm. what the market bears for them as well? It's a tough, it's a tough decision to, to have to make. And you look at you know, the current cap space as we head into 2023, you know, like Giants outside of the, the Chicago Bears. I mean, Giants have the second most cap space of anybody. Right. So the fact that the Giants with zero personnel. I mean, I I've, I power rated the Giants as the, you know, is the the lowest of the 14 playoff teams who made it, mm-hmm. assuming fully healthy rosters. The fact that they they got this far, based on superior coaching and have a ton of cap space to make big improvements on the roster. And Dallas Dallas isn't among the worst teams. They're like they're 16th as of right now. Uh, a little under six million in uh, in total cap space coming back, but the number of the names you listed, mm. they're not just like kind of tertiary nice pieces. Those are key focal ingredients of a team that was a top five personnel unit across the board. Right. So I, I, how do you like how do you make that decision? And is it that's why to me I look at it and say it's probably not worth it for for Jones. It, it's hard to make the case to say. Uh, at least from his perspective, all right, I am gonna I'm gonna cut bait with McCarthy and I'm gonna go all in on Sean Payton when you you know that a lot of other tough decisions have to be made given the, the lack of cap space. Yeah, very true. I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, uh, Ben, like Tremaine Edmund, Edmonds, I mentioned him as a free agent linebacker from mm-hmm. Buffalo and Joe Shane's in New York. I mean, imagine him with Thibodeau in that 3-4 defense, right? And uh, some of the other linebackers that have come on uh, for the Giants. I mean, that's just one guy that you can insert with that defense to make things difficult on Dallas. I mean, you're right. Dallas is going to have to compete with the Eagles. Uh, it's much like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in their division. You know, the Eagles are the cream of the crop right now, and um, the Giants are, are right there, having made the playoffs. So did the, the Cowboys. But, um, man, that, that arms race persists, though. You know, and, and Dayball got off to a quick start. Uh, so now the coaches that are just in that division – uh, I don't know what Washington's going to do. Who knows what they're going to do, <laughs> right? feels like a lost uh, cause. Yeah. It does. It does. Um, but with the Giants, the Eagles, I mean, the Cowboys, I, I, they cannot stand Pat. And uh, there are no, a number of free agents, but I would take a second, maybe a third look at Sean Payton, though. Especially if you're talking about quarterback whispers who can help a guy like right. Dak Prescott at, at QB, who, look, 14, uh, 13 interceptions in the final right. eight Nine games for Prescott down the stretch. It was really erratic protecting the ball. Dallas, this was a classic case. Saw it in so many games this year. We're a play or two away from being in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. Couldn't make the big plays when it mattered the most. Prescott, two interceptions, led directly to six San Francisco points. Lose the game by seven. Pretty much the difference. McCarthy kicks a field goal down seven with 12 minutes to go. <laughs> punts the ball away. Down by seven uh, with, oh. uh, with three minutes to go. It was just a, a master class in how not to take advantage of your opportunity yeah. when you are Dallas. We'll do the final postmortems on the other two teams who were eliminated. Quick thoughts on the Jaguars and the Giants when we come back. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSA, the sports betting network. Winter sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions. Bet Rivers, it's a whole new game. Final segment of this current hour of the Pro Football Blitz here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we get into our final hour, we'll do the full deep dive breakdown. Both conference championship games, where the lines open, oh. how the early movement is gone. I'm Mike Pritchard. Still moving. <laughs> well, I know you, your eyes are glued to that odd screen. They, the odds continue to move every single second. But the Final Four is decided. AFC Championship game will be the night game next week. We'll be on the air during that. I'm Mike here on the Pro Football Blitz as the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs while the San Francisco 49ers match up against the Philadelphia Eagles. That is game number one 
Our final look, though, at the teams who were eliminated this week, what to, what to think about their seasons in review, where we go forward. And, like, you you kind of categorize both Dallas and Buffalo into the disappointment category mm-hmm. when you consider the personnel. It's, it's a much different story, though, for both Jacksonville and for the New York Giants, uh, starting with a team like the Giants who get a first-year head coach in Brian Dable, find their way to the divisional round, win a playoff game in year one, go over the win total of, of an 8.5 or, or 9.5, depending on the shop. All, as, as ugly as the game was Saturday night in a 38-7 beatdown loss to Philadelphia, what, if you were giving a grade on the Giants this year, and, and the first year as Joe Shane as a GM and Brian Dable as head coach, what would your grade be for the Giants? Um, probably a B minus. Really? Yeah, B minus? Yeah, probably a B minus. I would think most people would say, oh, it's an A. Your Giants were a laughing stock, and they made the playoffs no, and won a game. No, so B I minus, mean, interesting. Yeah, they were a surprising team. Um, and I think they evolved along the way, too. Um, and for what they had on their roster. So the thing about the National Football League is everybody's got talent. Uh, it's what you do with it, and, and certainly can you be consistent with it. Uh, I think what Dable established early on uh, was that consistency with a chance to build on it. Uh, but what he captured immediately was the buy-in uh, from these players that a lot of number, number of these players were playing for their jobs, their futures. Daniel Jones, he might have elevated himself to a franchise quarterback situation. He might have. You don't know yet. You know, Saquon Barkley, obviously, he's going to get uh, paid very, very well as a free agent. But, you know, there's a number of players on that team that was auditioning and certainly uh, trying to fill that role for, for Dayball uh, and that staff. So I give it a B- minus because I, I think what I saw in a playoff game was more mental than physical. You know, mm. Daniel Jones specifically. Uh, he just didn't look like he wanted any part of being the difference in that game. Uh, and, and a lot of times with the stage and the lights get a little bit brighter, you find out a lot more about players, right? Uh, and I found out a lot more, and I think the Giants found out a lot more about Daniel Jones if, if he is that guy. So um, I would have given him an A if it would have been a more competitive game, if I would have saw yeah, more yeah. from Daniel Jones and uh, in that situation. But – uh, I think if, if the team is on the fence with you still, even after this magical year, uh, then there was something else that they saw mm-hmm. and identified with Daniel Jones, with the, what I'm alluding to right now. And that's where you start with, yeah. with the Giants going forward. Jones right. just 15 to 27, 135 yards and an interception, sacked five times, quarterback rating below 55 Saturday night in the 38-7 loss to Philadelphia. Team had declined his fifth-year option coming in, but best season by far statistically mm-hmm. under, uh, under head coach Brian Dable this year. For Daniel Jones, 15 touchdowns to just five picks, over 700 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. Best game of his as a pro in the wild card round against Minnesota Vikings. So is a resurgence like that, is that enough for the Giants to buy in where I'd say the, you know, the vast majority of people said, there's no way Daniel Jones is in New York after the final season of his rookie deal. Was it enough for you to, to at least warrant uh, an additional, additional contract? You could, you could do the franchise tag or the – you know, the, the various transition extensions, if you wanted another look, is that a realistic option, do you think? I don't know, because you got Saquon Barkley as a free agent, too. Like, too. what would you do? Would you franchise? Who would you franchise? Um, I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're settled on Daniel Jones, you might franchise tag him. Because his, his base salary is set to go from under a million to it would, it the, would be the average of the top five quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, it would it would go way way up. Forty and, million. <laughs> you know, you could, like franchise tag. You could take a little bit of that yeah. chunk out. It would be about 30, 32 million. Right. But that's still a huge leap 
Whew. And it's like, are you, are you willing? I don't know. Are you willing to do uh, that? You, say, you, you franchise tag Saquon Barkley, I think, right? Uh, yeah. 15 million, 16 million, I think, the top five average right there. And then hopefully you work out a longer term, term deal. Um, there's going to be a number of free agent quarterbacks, though. You know, quarterbacks that could be traded. Derek Carr. You know, is that an upgrade over Daniel Jones? You know, um, there's certain backup quarterbacks. The year of the backup quarterback this year, right? A lot of backup a quarterbacks. A ton of backup quarterbacks, yeah. And yeah. so you wonder, okay, is Dable or is Shane thinking that, okay, somebody else out there could fit the role better than Daniel Jones? You just don't know. Um, it's not totally unsettled. They got so much cap room. Uh, I, I think they have a great canvas to work with because of the surprise nature of that football team this year. I think defensively, they're a couple pieces away from really being a, a standout defense, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that quarterback is the key decision, though, uh, for the Giants. Well, especially with having a you know, multifaceted offensive look, when mm -hmm. you have a run-first quarterback like Daniel Jones, it's a part of me that it does believe that Brian Dable is a head coach. He wants to build a team around Jones. He, he saw some flashes this year. You, uh, you could also make the argument that, you sort of throw out the first few years of Jones's career because of the lack of solid coaching, the lack of personnel around the him. Lack of coaching. There, literally none, yeah, in, in a lot of senses. In, in the original, the previous regime, you go back to Joe Judge there in New York, that it would make sense to, to invest in him. It's just the, the cost is the thing that becomes tough to swallow, and that's the hard decision you have to make. I want to go back to when, when you were a rookie. You mm -hmm. played with the Atlanta Falcons in 91. It, it's an interesting comp to look at where the Falcons of the early 90s were at compared to the New York Giants. So the Falcons, a very young team. You come in, you were part of a very solid rookie draft class that included Brett Favre, was the second-round pick after you mm -hmm. in Atlanta. You go in, you, you get into the playoffs as a wild-card team, beat New Orleans, get thrashed by Washington, and, and you, you, your team had the look of that. They're a year away. They're a little mm -hmm. bit young team. Giants had that very similar look where they get to the wild-card round, were clearly outclassed by Philadelphia in the divisional round. For you, the next few years, it, it's not a guarantee. As you know, it's not no, a guarantee in the NFL no. that you get back. What was it like the, f the next few years after that, after the expectations of, okay, yeah. time to make the leap for the Falcons? Well, that's, that's just it. Like, the first year, because the Falcons had not been to the playoffs in a number of years before that 91 season, um, and that first year was, you know, everything hit right. I mean, we won games towards the end of the year, uh, we swept the 49ers, which was interesting. Um, and, and we won 10 games, right? But we weren't a disciplined football team, though, right? And, and, and certainly we were running the run and shoot. And the front office and the coaching staff was not on the right page, the same page. The front office said, hey, we, we got an upgrade here for you, a quarterback. Uh, but yet the coach didn't want to play the upgrade. And they ended up trading the upgrade, which was Brett Favre. They traded him. Brett um, Favre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. If you're in the business of winning championships, you upgrade that quarterback. And Chris Miller was a pro bowler. Billy Joe Tolliver came in as a backup and did well. Um, but then came the parade of quarterbacks after that. Wade Wilson, Bobby Hebert. Um, back, there's a couple other I'm forgetting. But you had one right there that you drafted. That could have elevated that franchise, I think, if, if given a chance. But the rest is, is different. There, yeah. It's history, so he got traded. Uh, and then a couple of years later, everything falls apart. They start completely over. Glanville gets fired. Uh, I get traded. A uh, number of players. Dion goes to uh, San Francisco. Andre goes to Cleveland. Mike Haynes goes to uh, 
uh, the Saints. I mean, a number of key players on that team ended up somewhere else. That's why I find the comp, though, so interesting between right. your Falcons teams of the mm -hmm. early 90s and a Giants team that the quarterback question is the big right. one. That, it's, it's a different set of circumstances because you, you, it's not like you're deciding between two if you're the Giants, but you have to make a decision. You do. Is it Jones going forward, or do you go in, into the, the free agent market? And we see this happen so often where the young teams, you, you sort of take it for granted. Like, oh, yeah, they'll be back. They'll continue to grow. I'm not so – I love Dable as a coach. I'm not sold on the Giants, though, given the, the lack of personnel. Uh -huh. There's still so many holes. I, it, as of now, I, I lean if you were making me pick a path. It's more of like a one-year, you know, a one-year wonder team for now, and that in a really, really difficult division, they have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hard times yeah. ahead, and it'll be hard for them to sustain and repeat what they did this season. Their preseason win total was what seven and a half coming into the year. Yeah, this seven year. and a half, eight and a half, yeah. depending on the book um, you looked at. Yeah. And they went over, obviously, with nine wins in that division, and um, that division qualified three teams for the playoffs this year. Uh, so it's it's getting more and more competitive. It's no no longer the NFC least right. Uh, it's getting better. We'll see Washington does as well. But I think the Giants are in a good position. Uh, but they do need to settle on, on a quarterback, though, which I don't mm. know who it's going to be. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Daniel Jones. I, that's just my mm. initial thought. So uh, you, could, you could sway me either way. And a lot of things I really liked out of him. It's also a big tag, to, to pay, a big price to oh. pay for a guy. I, nobody, <laughs> if, you, if you asked it, pulled the league, I don't think anybody would say this is a consensus top 10 or 12 guy. A lot of things to like. Maybe not worth the money that he'll, he'll probably be getting in the market. We go into our final hour of the Pro Football Blitz. We'll do the postmortem on Jacksonville as well as our early previews of both the conference championship games. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.